Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. We have a full episode today. It's not going to be a typical game recap right after the game. I'm going to save that for Wednesday, actually. But for today's episode, we're going to preview the massive matchup against the Florida Panthers. The Penguins have not seen them in quite a few months. They split the first two meetings. We're going to get to that coming up in the first or second segment. We're also going to get to Brian Burke's comments to Josh Yowie and some of the other media and why it may potentially be a lighter trade deadline for the Penguins compared to recent years. And I will touch on Teddy Bluger's return as it looks like he will finally be making his return on Tuesday and get to some other injury updates as well and also go around the league a little bit. That's all coming up on this episode of Locked on Penguins right after this drop. You're Locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Just visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So back in my normal setup, I apologize for Friday. I went up with my girlfriend to uh, Waynesboro, Pennsylvania, a few couple hours from Pittsburgh. But that is definitely a place that, you know, just a, just a weird part Um of the state for those for those listeners that are in Pennsylvania, um, only about a three hour drive from where I'm at now. But you know, just a very interesting place um, to say the least. When my girlfriend and her friends went skiing. But anyways, the Pittsburgh Penguins are back in action on Tuesday. Finally, you know. But it is good that they are getting some rest. You know, they're going to badly need it. I think down the stretch with all these tough games, the schedule does not let up. Florida on Tuesday. They have Carol and they have Carolina on the weekend, and then. Smack in between the Vegas Golden Knights. Jack Eichel will come to town as you know he will be playing, but they will not have Mark Stone. I'm going to get to that um, a little later in the week. But first off, let's go into the, our, the team the Penguins are playing tonight, and that is the Florida Panthers. So remember, the Penguins played the Panthers twice already. This was back when both Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin did not play. If I, I, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I did not, I do not think both uh, either of them played. I know obviously Evgeny Malkin um, did not play. I'm going to double uh, check this just real quick for you all. Um, but remember, the Penguins they won the first matchup, um, but they lost the second one. And it also, I should say that was a matchup that the Penguins easily could have won. They were up four to two in the third period down in Sunrise with about ten minutes left. Panthers able to make it four to three, four to four a couple minutes later, and then they were able to win it in overtime. So the Penguins have gotten um, three out of a four possible points against Florida this year, making sure. So yeah, the Penguins uh, on November 11th, so right before, of course, my 24th, uh, 24th birthday, they beat the Panthers in a shootout. The, the Panthers were 10 and two and two at the time. The Penguins were five and three and four. Evan Rodriguez and Teddy Bluger scored in regulation. Uh, Tristan Jari had a 947 save percentage for that game. He was just absolutely on one um, for the Penguins. And I'm looking to see here 
when was the other game that these two teams played? Because I'm pretty positive it was I, I'm pretty sure it was directly after this. But again, I, I know it, it was a five to four game in Florida. Um, the Penguins, again, you know, I thought they played pretty well in that game. It was just, you know, they had a couple of bad defensive breakdowns that really screwed them up. There was also that Aaron Ekblad goal that, you know, he kind of circled around the net. There was all that pandemonium in front, remember? And then he shot it in. Everyone thought it was going to be goaltender interference, but um, I just, I think the ref lost sight of the puck. Um, and, you know, for as much as the Penguins wanted interference, they wanted the play to be dead. You know, there's there's not much, you know, they can do when, you know, the ref, you know, I, I guess maybe he saw it, but, you know, the whistle probably should have been blown in my opinion. And of course, again, the Panthers won that uh, that second game in overtime. So the Penguins, again, they, they've played Florida good, but Florida has also been just as good, if not better, since then. Looking at the underlying numbers, 56% of the expected goals this year at 5v5 per money puck, 59% of the actual goals. They have a... Um, 56% of the shot attempts at even strength. That's one of the best marks in the league. Um, they have a, they have a plus 46 goal differential. And I also will say this, you know, they, they've gotten some pretty damn good goaltending this year. 919 cumulative save percentage, um, goals for per 60, 3.4 goals against per 60, 2.36. That is just a massive difference there. So not only do they score a lot, but they also can defend pretty well um, too. you know, go, go looking at the goaltending leaders as well for goal saved above expected. Sergei Borovsky right now, fourth in the league, 21 goals saved above expected this year. It, it's crazy that he's been able to do this because, you know, the last few years, he's not been good. You know, he's, he's honestly been one of the worst goaltenders in hockey. You know, he's had a save percentage that's hovered, you know, kind of around 900, if not a little over, but that's, those are still below average numbers. It was looking like, wow, you know, the Panthers were never going to get out of this awful contract, but this season he's, you know, he's been back and then some, you know, he's, I think established himself as a definitely a big Vesna candidate, 917 overall save percentage, 2.54 goals against average save percentage on unblocked shots, 950, um, just, you know, just having a really good year compared to Tristan Jari, of course, he's been great too. He has saved 13.7 goals saved above expected and has a 921 save percentage. I am going to go to left wing lock here just to look at the lines, but you know, I don't even have to do that a little bit because I I know that Jonathan Huberdeau has been ridiculous this season. I think he is a very sneaky heart trophy candidate. He's well over a point per game. He has always been one of the more underrated players in the NHL. I think he doesn't get a lot of notice at times from some of the national media or even some fans because, I mean, he plays in Florida. I mean, you know, Sunrise is not really, you know, I mean, I, I shouldn't even say that. It, it's just the Panthers franchise, they haven't really done much, you know, the last, what, 15 20 years, honestly, since back since 1996, to be honest with you all. But, you know, they still had a, a good core in place for the last several years. They just haven't been able to get over the hump and build around them consistently. Now that they have, and they have a good general manager in place with a good coach that replaced Joel Quendell, this is a team that can do a lot of damage in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Remember last year, 
They went up against Tampa Bay. Everyone was all excited for the Battle of Florida, myself included. But the biggest thing that they didn't have that they needed was Aaron Eckblatt. Remember, he was out with that, um, I believe it was a, a broken ankle, if I'm not mistaken, and the, Pan and the Panthers lost that series in six. If Ekblad is fully healthy, who knows what happens? Now that he is right now, again, knock on wood, they can definitely, I think, take down Tampa in a seven-game series. I, I think, honestly, right now, they would probably be my favorite to come out of the Atlantic. But, you know, with how Boston's rolling, I know Toronto is, they're not as good right now, but they still have a lot of dangerous weapons. Um, you know, no series is going to be tough for that team, you know, or heck, even any team in the Eastern Conference. But, you know, he's just been incredible this year. Obviously, Sasha Barkov needs no introduction. Connor Verhage's on the top line. He's been good. Sam Bennett has been, a, has just had a total, you know, 180 from where he was in Calgary. Uh, Anthony Duclair has been a great find. Sam Reinhart has been awesome since coming over from Buffalo. Frank Vetrano, um, you know, Noah Chari, obviously old friend Patrick Hornquist will be making another return to Pittsburgh. You know, he's also been pretty decent this year as well. And again, defensively, Mackenzie Weger and Aaron Ekblad probably form arguably the best top defensive pairing in the league. Um, you know, obviously Ekblad is well known for his offense, but defensively, he's still pretty strong too. Weger is good offensively, but he's elite, and I mean elite defensively. The numbers also back those that that those claims up. So um, the Penguins are going to have to try to somehow get offense going against that top pairing. Rocco Gudis on on the second pairing, Brandon Montour on a on the third pairing. Sergey Bobrovsky will likely start this game. Um, the Panthers just played on Monday night. They they steamrolled the Buffalo Sabers six to one. Uh, Spencer Knight started in that one. So again, they're not going to start him two games in a row. You know, I, I know I've been wrong about some things this season. I don't think I will be wrong about this um, to say the least, but you know, the Penguins, you know, they, they just, they got to play like how they've been playing these last couple of games. If they want to win this game, I know Carolina, their level played dipped a little bit, but I also argue that they were on a back to back, you know, Tampa Bay, they played really well. You know, that that's, obviously the blueprint for how the Penguins should play always. But if they even come, you know, a little a level below that, I think the Penguins can definitely take down Florida. They've already done it once this season. They've almost done it twice. Um, I'm really excited to see how these two teams match up again because they haven't played each other um, in several months now. Um, but, you know, it's just another tough game on the schedule. Obviously the Panthers have a good power play. You know, their PK is usually always good. They're deep. They're fast. They forecheck really hard defensively they're really stingy goaltending with Sergei Bobrovsky he's been good I know the Penguins have owned him in recent years but you know he's still having probably one of the best seasons I've ever had so um, I will be curious to see um, how the Penguins come out in this one it is weird because they seem to struggle more at home this year compared to on the road I, I don't really understand that you know this is usually one of the best home teams in the league, but you know, three massive home games coming up. It starts against Florida. I'm really excited to see um, how the Penguins come out, to say the least. But coming up in the next segment, we're going to go into some practice notes from Monday. You know, looking to see what the lineup is going to look like, and of course, you know, touch on Teddy Bluger's. You know, very highly likely impending return. 
Before I get to that, though, football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to your Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or to use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action that is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So Teddy Bluger was officially back. um, Well, he's been officially back at practice, but he was Again, practicing full contact today, but this was the first time that we saw him back in his normal spot for line rushes. He was centering Zach Aston Reese and Brock McGinn on the fourth line. Um, Brian Boyle was one of the extras during line rushes, so it looks like he is going to come out of the lineup, and Dominic Simone will stay in for now until Jason Zucker is going to be ready. More on him, excuse me, in a little bit. But to have the fourth line back is going to be. I think a problem for a lot of teams moving forward, you know, this is a line that Mike Sullivan loves to throw out to the Wolves, you know, whether it's, you know, I've seen him throw them out against the Marshawn Bergeron and Pasternak line. I've seen him do it against Colorado's top line with McKinnon, Landis, Scott, and Ranson. Sully does not care. You know, he sees them as, you know, not only his checking line, but a line that can also, you know, forecheck pretty well against those lines and actually have a little bit of sustained pressure. Again, I know that underlying metrics for def- for defensively ha- have been really good this year, but you know, offensively too, this is a line that I don't think gets you know enough credit. Um, I guess on a league wide basis. So to see all three of them back playing together, that's going to be huge for Pittsburgh. Um, and I hope, hopefully, this is really going to start to get Zach Aston Reese going. And I know I haven't talked a lot about Aston Reese this year. But the fact of the matter is, people, he needs to start producing more if he wants to come back next year. Um, You know, I have seen people say that they would put him in deadline deals and stuff like that. I personally wouldn't because I know how good he is defensively. But, you know, at this point, he's playing for his next contract. And if he's not going to start producing offense like he did last year, and, you know, I believe, you know, he, he was, what, a double-digit goal scorer last year? This year, he's not even up to five, and we have 25 games left, believe it or not. I mean, it's it's, it's crazy how we basically have six to seven weeks left in the season at this point. But, you know, again, at the end of the day, the, the Penguins, you know, for as great as the top players have been and for as great as some of the depth signings have been, Dan Hine and, and Rodriguez at times, Ashton Reese has not been good in the offensive zone, and that needs to change. He's gotten his chances. He's getting good looks. Maybe the puck's just not going in, in the net. But I also think you know, he could do more at times in the offensive zone to actually give him the best chance to score. So um, I'm really hoping that maybe Bluger can start to get some offense um, out of Aston Reese. Um, but you know, obviously the penalty kill is going to improve right away with Teddy coming back that it's just so massive. I mean, I I know the PK in the last few games, it it hasn't, it's been pretty decent, but before then it had a little bit of a dry spell where, where, you know, the PK percentage just, it it cratered a little bit. Um, Obviously it's still top three in the league, but you know, when Bluger went out, it was number one. 
and that's for a reason. You know, he's he's that good on the PK with you know pressuring the players in the offensive zone and you know just playing his spot really well. But when he goes out and he's replaced by someone who's not as good, you're going to see the numbers dip. And you know they did a little bit, obviously not as much as you know as hopefully you know maybe maybe people thought it would. But it's still, you know, I think a considerable notice to me. Um, and I'm really excited for him to be back. Um, of course, the Penguins, you know, they're, they're that much closer to being fully healthy with a forward group. They all, the only one that's missing now is Jason Zucker. Speaking of him, he has been back on the ice for the last couple of days now. He's officially started to skate uh, for the first time since his sports hernia surgery. So the fact that he is cleared to skate is pretty big news uh, for the Penguins. Remember, you know, last week Mike Sullivan said to Josh Getzoff on the Penguins um, GM slash head coach show that Zucker was not far behind Bluger. So I don't know if that means he's going to be playing by the deadline, but, you know, I still think this is a player that the team badly misses. Again, I've said that, you know, probably quite a few times these last, you know, few episodes. I know that he drives a lot of people crazy because he hasn't produced as you know, much as we thought he would, but he is still one of their best four checkers. He's a good playmaker. He plays his tail off. And, you know, he actually goes to the net and gets quality chances. I just, I think the main thing with him is that he's been unlucky and the puck hasn't been going in the net for him. So to see him back on the ice, it's great news. I'm sure he's going to be just doing these little solo sessions um, for maybe about another week, week and a half until he starts to rejoin the team for practice. Mike Matheson, who is considered week, week to week, he is also on the ice skating with Jason Zucker. So both of the remaining Penguin players that are injured are officially back on the ice. So cross our fingers that hopefully some way, somehow penguins will be fully healthy for the first time this season in a couple of weeks. We'll have to see, but obviously that is big news. You know, the other lines, you know, they remained intact, you know, Gensel, Crosby, Rust, Heinen, Malkin, Kapanen, and then with Simone with Carter Rodriguez defensively, the pairs were the same. And then Tristan Jari, I'm sure will start. Um, against Florida on Tuesday night. Um, but that'll do it for this segment of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Coming up in the, in the last segment, we're going to get into Brian Burke's comments to Josh Yelly and why I think, you know, what he said, nope, could very well actually be the case um, for the Penguins trade deadline stuff. But before I get to that, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why should you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the, for the same parts on a chain stealer? or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck and write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they knew we sent you. That is Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. So today, you know, as I tease, so Josh Elliott got to sit down with Brian Burke and talk about, you know, a whole bunch of things. You know, a couple of the, one of the first things he discussed was Sidney Crosby, Vinnie Malkin, and Crystal Tang. Um, Brian Burke basically said about that, you know, we, we would love to keep all three um, for the rest of their careers. You know, I'm not, he, they're not really freaking out that they haven't had 
big discussions with the agents yet, even though they have. Um, I, I love he said, you know, these guys don't need to be re-signed yet. The passage of time, you know, people who are in the industry, they, they look at the calendar and they start to panic. Um, but at the end of the day, we still have a lot of time. You know, the season has uh, at least a few more months left. And, you know, he, he's right. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see as the season goes on, I guess, you know, as we get towards, you know, late April and early May, if some more talks um, start to pick up. Now, the biggest thing that he discussed um, was the trade deadline. Um, and Josh Hill, he said, you know, just how different the Penguins will look by the 20, March 21st deadline remains to be seen. And Brian Burke says, we're capped out. We would have to be sending some cash out or bring some cash in to make a move. I just do not know if I see us doing much, but it's up to Ron Hextall. It all could change. Okay. So for everyone that has been listening to this show for the last week or two, you know, you all know I've been, you know, beating the drum that the team needs another top six, top nine winger. I've thrown out some names out there, you know, maybe what a package could look like. But, you know, Berkey does make a point, you know, with how little assets the Penguins do have, you know, mainly their first round pick, Sam Poulin, Nathan Liguri, Philip Hollander, if they, if they want to deal him again. Um, P.O. Joseph, if they want to deal him, but I'm not really sure if they do. Kasperi Kapanen, and honestly, there's probably not much else to pick out of you know the, the cupboard over here. Um, with that said, you know Berkey also nails it that they don't have a lot of cap space. So again, they will have to go out and send some salary out to bring salary in. But with how many great players are available and the packages that it would take to get those said players, you know, I don't know if it would make sense, if it does make sense for the Penguins to, you know, trade, you know, those assets that I mentioned, or even someone, you know, that much bigger to go get a player that, you know, eats up term for the next several years that, you know, they could go out and, I guess, you know, give that to Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang. So I, I, I kind of see both sides to it in a way. Um, yes, I still think they could use another top nine forward. Um, when healthy, this is a very deep team. But if you can maybe exchange, you know, someone like Kasperi Kapanen for another forward in there who can score on Evgeny Malkin's line, you would do it. But I think at the end of the day as well, I don't think the Penguins are just going to you know, dump a bunch of assets for the sake of dumping a bunch of assets. You know, it's great to be all in. And, you know, I know I'm all in with this team. I'm sure Ron Hextall and Brian Burke are all in with the team, but I'm just not sure if they want to, you know, go go for a home run here when, you know, maybe all they need is, you know, something a little smaller. Um, again, you know, this stuff can, you know, and potentially will change. There's only 13 days to go until the NHL trade deadline. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of trade talk starting to pick up pretty soon. Usually between you know, now is the, the start when we start, when, you know, when, when trades, I, I guess, come to fruition a little bit. So um, it, it has been unnormally, abnormally quiet, excuse me, with the Penguins. I know they were scouting Vancouver a little bit on um, these last couple of days, which is great, but I just wanted to prepare everyone in case the Penguins don't do something major, it's not the end of the world because I do think this team is ridiculously deep. Again, I'll say this uh, for the, probably the third or fourth time. If there is an actual upgrade out there that makes a lot of sense for the Penguins and they don't have to, I guess, you know, give up a massively prime asset from the team right now, I think they do it. You know, I don't really care about the first round pick 
I don't care about Sam Poulin and a couple of these other, you know, players that I mentioned, but if it's a, a player that's playing well and maybe they're top nine or, you know, a player that's playing well defensively, you know, I, I would maybe think twice a little bit before they do it. So, you know, maybe Brian Burke is bluffing a little bit. He very well could be. I know I, I tweeted that earlier in the day. But the fact of the matter is as well, he's not really going to say that much. This is not Jim Rutherford over here who is actually going to tell you what he is going to do at the deadline. You know, Burke is not going to go out and say, oh, yeah, you know, we'd like to upgrade at this spot. Well, you know, we're okay at this spot. Maybe, but if something comes along, you know, we'll look at it. You know, that's just – that's not how he and Hextall operate. You know, they're just they're, – they're very – careful, calculated on how they talk to the media about deadline plans and stuff regarding the team. Um, it's just a very, I think, tight inner circle when it comes to the day-to-day operations with the team. So um, I'm not sure if they will do anything in deadline. Again, I hope they do. But if they don't, I'm not going to be super, super upset because I really like how the team is gelling right now. And I know that this team can definitely go on a run Um, in the playoffs, but that'll do it for this episode of the locked on penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. I'll be back on Wednesday with a full game recap episode of the game against Florida before we start to preview the road ahead for the penguins as they go, as they have Vegas coming in and then Carolina this weekend. So thank you all so much for listening and I'll be back, back with you all on Wednesday.